good morning, everybody. This is Wendy with Waking Up with Wendy coming at you on a Wednesday, April the 28th, uh, 2021. Figured I'd break up the week a little bit here and uh, give you a little uh, give you a little action of what's been happening in the markets this week as we teeter around all-time highs back and forth um, with a series and slew of corporate earnings this week from some of the big names, uh, for example, Alphabet, parent company of Google, and that would have been the uh, bracket challenge winner, Alphabet. They reported their quarterly reports uh, yesterday. We had Microsoft report theirs yesterday as well. Tesla went on Monday after the close. Uh, Starbucks reported yesterday. 3M, uh, Amgen, Eli Lilly, um, I mean, those are some of the companies involved in the stock showdown. However, some of the big names, uh, they were involved in week one. This is week three, so you're not going to see those names in the stock showdown. Amazon goes this week. Apple goes this week. Uh, so again, uh, Facebook goes this week. So you're talking the big heavyweights are reporting their quarterlies uh, this week. Now, why is that important? Well, as the market te- uh teeters around all-time highs, the investors are looking for the next catalyst to bring the markets uh, to the next leg up. And this very well could be that catalyst with with strong corporate earnings from some of these big heavyweight behemoth companies uh, that report. And even the not so, (laughs) even the not so uh, large companies, like I mentioned, you know, like Starbucks, like a 3M, are also reporting this week. Um, so again, we are in the midst of earnings season, which again could further further catalyze uh, the market to make its next leg up. Uh, in addition, something to take note of, which is happening today, is the FOMC. Uh, that is what's called the Federal Open Market Committee. Uh, that's basically the Federal Reserve uh, and member uh, member banks uh, discussing monetary policy. And, and what that basically means is what they're going to do with interest rates, specifically short-term interest rates. Um, they've, they've really alluded to the fact that they're not gonna touch uh, short-term interest rates. And really what short-term interest rates do is it's really the cost uh, for banks to borrow from the Fed, and the Federal Reserve, that is, and for banks to borrow from each other. So those short-term rates uh, um, really, again, influence day-to-day operations. Uh, from the banks to each other and the bank from the Federal Reserve. So the Fed has really pledged to keep those short-term rates uh, low for the foreseeable future, probably through the end of 2022 into 2023. And they've they've basically said that uh, to basically make sure and ensure that the economy is on stable footing uh, due to the pandemic before they start to incrementally raise interest rates again. Uh, So with that being said, They've really put like a floor on on you know the markets. It's, it's called the Fed put, if you will. I don't want to get into all the details with, with calls and puts. This is an option strategy. Um, so there's some terminology in there that I will go into in uh, this upcoming weekend's podcast as far as calls and puts. But basically, what you have here is the Fed continuously putting liquidity, basically that's a fancy word for money into the financial system and what they're doing is they're buying like 120 billion dollars a month in these these long-term uh these long-term assets and they're really doing that to to force interest rates on the long end of the yield curve 
yield curve is just a fancy word for the interest rates on bonds. Um, and, and bonds, specifically the long-term bonds, and we're talking really focusing on the 10-year bond. The 10-year bond is, is what, what a lot of people will, will use as a barometer for mortgage rates. They'll use that 10-year government bond. So if they see that uh, fluctuate, that usually, not always, but usually is a precursor for interest rates on mortgage products. Um, so with that being said, what the Fed is doing to, to try to keep, again, mortgage rates down, and they're doing that because mortgages and, and the housing market makes up about one-sixth, 16% of economic activity. Uh, and by economic activity, I mean GDP, gross domestic product. So one-sixth of our GDP, of our economic uh, performance, is directly related to housing. So it has a major influence on our on our economic uh, activity so to help uh, propel that higher and keep that elevated you want to make sure that people are buying and, and, and doing things in, in regards to housing uh, to ensure that that stays on stable footing so to do that what they're what they're again doing is they're buying 120 billion dollars of long-term mid-term assets in an effort to keep those interest rates on those bonds at, at relatively low levels to entice people to still want to get out there, refinance their home, make home improvement projects, and buy housing. Speaking of housing though, there is still a huge demand for housing as, as you know, city folk uh, look to get out into the suburbs and more rural areas uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, you know, Companies are transitioning away from having these large office spaces into to smaller spaces and you know, more people are going virtual and that all makes sense. So there is a demand for housing and with that demand for housing, um, the problem is, is, is the supply. The supply is lacking um, on the market because you know, with, you know, with you know, people not wanting to sell, but at the same time, builders can't keep up demand. Um, and the builders can't keep up with the demand because of the shortage of lumber. Holy cow, is there a shortage of lumber? Um, and because, you know, the, the mills that produce the lumber and produce the wood are not operating at full capacity, only, you know, because, large in part because of the pandemic, they can't be fully staffed. So because of that, and the mills can't operate at 100% capacity, uh, they're struggling to keep up uh, with the demand for housing. And therefore, coincidentally enough, you should keep an eye on lumber prices. Holy lumber prices. Lumber prices are up 232% over the last year. 232% move in lumber prices. So now if you think about it, <laughs> and you're thinking about um, a new house, Houses need wood. And as these builders are building these houses, which are made of wood, they need the lumber. But if there's a shortage of lumber, um, because again, the mills can't operate at full capacity yet, you are going to see the prices of lumber move higher and therefore the prices of housing, which need the wood, are also going to be priced higher because they have to make their margins. So therefore, that's why you've also been seeing housing pricing moving up. It's not just a supply, strictly a supply and demand uh, issue of housing. You have to think of the intricacies needed for the house itself, which again is lumber. 
So the lumber being driven up 232% is also having a major impact on the pricing of housing as well. Um, it's also anticipated looking out into the future. We're talking about futures contracts uh, with the price of lumber that out into the November contracts for the price of lumber also see very elevated prices. So basically what I'm trying to indicate is that the, the I guess, robust housing market and, and the demand for housing and the demand for lumber will continue for the foreseeable future, at least through November. We're talking again, this is peak home buying season, home building season, and that's going to be continuing for the uh, you know foreseeable future into the end of this year. Uh, so be on the lookout for you know, prices to continue to rise in the housing market and further, you know, further to propel that would be the demand from in, in individuals trying to get out of the city and move out into the suburbs and the rural areas. So therefore, I think housing is still a good place to be. Uh, so take a look at some of those real estate companies in the real estate market. Um, and again, with the Federal Reserve continuing to pledge interest rates at these historic low levels, continuing to buy $120 billion a month in long-term and mid-term assets, will we'll further keep that floor on those uh, mid-term and long-term interest rates, which will make it favorable uh, for borrowing, uh, specifically for mortgages. So I look to see real estate continuing to be an outperformer. Uh, of the industries and some of those companies involved in the real estate market. And again, if you're looking for housing, um, you know, just be cautious. You obviously don't want to buy uh, at the peak. I think right now, uh, obviously, if you're looking to sell, that would be fantastic. But now you have to look for a place uh, to buy. And again, you don't want to buy at the peak. So one strategy might be to sell at the peak. You know, again, I, I don't know exactly when the peak is. It's extremely difficult to do because I think, again, lumber prices are going to continue to move higher through November. Um, but then you need to rent and you need to rent and wait until this uh, kind of takes a breather because there will be a pullback. When it's going to happen, I don't know. That's really obviously very hard to predict when peaks are going to happen and when, when troughs are going to happen. But nevertheless, um, just be on the lookout for that. And uh, that is all I really have to say. Look out for the earnings to be another catalyst. Um, watch those lumber prices, which continue to be at elevated levels. Be on the lookout for the Fed's uh, announcement today with their FOMC meeting, that's Federal Open Market Committee. That happens at two o'clock today. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, waking up with Andy. Uh, thank you for joining. God bless, and we'll see you this weekend. Good luck, everybody.